Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. the Lord, Brother Tommy. How you doing? Praise Him, everybody. Amen. Uh, everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here today with Evangelist Tommy Hollihan. Today is a live broadcast, Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. Brother Tommy, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm too blessed to be stressed. All right, man. Uh, Brother Tommy, uh, we're excited to be here with you today, and would you like to open us up in prayer? And The mic is yours. Uh, Surely, we love you uh, so much, Brother Shannon. Father, we thank you. We come boldly to your throne, Jesus. It's a throne of mercy, and it's a throne of grace. And we need your help in this season. You told us that we could come to you, Lord, at any time, and we can receive grace and mercy from you, for it is a throne, Lord, of grace that we come to. And you love us, 
and you cherish us as your children. We pray that your word today would encourage your people. Lift their hearts, oh God. Help them to see you in a brand new way and to know, God, that with you there is always restoration, there is always mercy, and there is always grace. We give you thanks and honor for this great program, this great ministry of Omega Man Ministries and Brother Shannon. Bless him good today, Lord, as well as our hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. I say amen to that, everybody. Welcome, and Brother Tommy, over to you. Amen. Thank you. I want to welcome everybody that's listening in right now. I felt the Lord strongly tell me that I was to give all of you a word of encouragement, to encourage you. Uh, Life is hard. You know, there's an old saying, uh, treat every person that you meet with kindness, because everybody is going through something difficult. Whether it's a difficulty within yourself, whether it's a difficulty with somebody in your home, uh, it's a difficulty with your job, it may be monetary, it may be your health, uh, maybe none of the above, but everybody is going through something. And as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, not a fan, but a follower, uh, even so, life can be very difficult. And, and we say, well, God, why? Why is this happening to me? If you're good and, and I'm your child, you know, and you're God, you know, how is this happening? And I want to bring some light. I want to bring you some encouragement today. And that's why um, we have the word of God. The Word of God has the answer to every one of life's problems. Now, if you need a plumber, uh, your pipes are messed up in your house, you've got to get a plumber for that. You've got an electrical problem, uh, you go to an electrician, right? Uh, but when it comes to life, when it comes to living, and it comes to being alive on the planet Earth, and how do I deal with things? How do I get through this? Uh, how do I make it? Uh, you know, what, what do I do? That's where the Word of God And again, it is the word of God comes in. It has and holds the answers to every one of our situations, every one of our challenges, and every one of our problems. I want to talk to you today about the reset, about the reset in your life. When God retests you to reset you for a miraculous thing to happen in your life. I will say that again. God's great reset He will often reset us, to retest us, to get us to pass what he's trying to do in our life so that we can go on to our next level of what God has for us. Remember this, that in God's school, nobody fails. You don't fail the test. You just keep taking it until you pass, okay? That's what's important. So don't ever stop because you failed. Oh, you know, I did this, or I, I, I you know, I, I lost my temper, or, 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 you know, thus, thus, and the other thing, and, uh, you know, what have you. God is going to always extend mercy to you if you want it, and that mercy is there to forgive, it's there to cleanse, it's there to restart you, and grace is the accompanying power of God to enable you to walk in what the Lord, the way the Lord wants you to walk. You see, when you're first saved, you're a baby. God does everything for you. It's like a normal baby. He changes diapers. He cries. He tries a little bit more. You feed him. cries a little bit more. You know, you, you, you hold him. The little baby, God does so much sovereignly for us when we're first saved. Now, babies are cute. Everybody loves a baby. But when you look at the crib one day and the baby's got a beard, now you know it's time that that baby needs to grow up. And so God begins to require from us 
uh, acts of obedience. And, and in life, you're going to have an opportunity to go God's way. You're, uh, you're, you're different now. You're a new creature, Second Corinthians 5.17 says. Once you're saved, you're the, the old, that old nature in you, God puts a brand new nature in you, brand new. You're a new you, uh, but unfortunately, we still have that old sin nature that's lurking in our in our flesh. Doesn't have dominion over us. Can't can't make you obey it any longer. But now we have to choose to get our minds renewed daily, and so that we learn and understand the ways of God and how to go God's ways. And that's not always easy. Let's be honest. It's not always easier. Sometimes it's a lot more difficult or than, it, than preachers make it out to be. But nevertheless, let me say this to you. As you develop as a Christian, as you develop as a Christ follower, you find instantly, God, where do I, what do I do? I want to go instantly to say, what does your word say? Man shall not live. I read it early this morning in my devotions. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so that's what we want to live by, is by what does God's word say? We go to him for light, we go to him for understanding, we go and we, if we're seeking, we're really asking, we will find, okay? I want to take you over, if you have a Bible, over to Second uh, Kings chapter 5. It's a very unique story. Uh, there are uh, two key players, or three key players in this story. There is the uh, general, whose name is Naaman, he's a leper, he has a, a disease, there is Elijah, Elisha, that is the prophet, the prophet Elisha. And then there is, who is our main character, there is Gehazi. Gehazi is Elijah's servant. He's there to uh, help the man of God. To assist, he's like the associate pastor, if you will. And that is Elijah's helper, if you will. So again, we're going to pick up the story here in 2 Kings chapter 5. And I've got some verses I want to read. I want you just to hear the word of God. Let it wash over you. This is an unusual story with an unusual twist, but in the end, it's going to apply to you. I want to say this. God has not forgotten you. God has great things for you. He's a great God, and he has not forgotten you. God's going to do a work in your life. Amen? And he wants you to be encouraged right now that he's with you, and that's why he gave me this word for you today. So we find that in um, over there in Second uh, Kings chapter five, uh, there was a there was a uh, a king of Aram or Armenia, and he had a general. And I want to pick this up. It says the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the general of his army, because through him, that is through this man Naaman, General Naaman, the king had won great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, watch this now, verse 1, he was a mighty warrior, he was a leper. I want to say this, that no matter how great you are, or how great you think you are, how great people are, everybody, even though he was a great man, he had leprosy. See, no matter how greatly God uses you, or how greatly God promises you things, or what God's doing in your life, there's always going to be something that's going to be there that's going to be a challenge for you to overcome. This man was a great, great warrior, but he was a leper, and yet that didn't stop him. He went on to become a great general, 
in the army for his king. But nevertheless, he suffered. Now, verse 2, at this time, the Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as her maid, the young Jewish girl that is given to General Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, or, or Naaman's wife, I wish that my master, that is, my master general, Naaman, your husband, would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Oh, this young girl, the Bible doesn't give her uh, the name of this girl. There's three people in the Bible that God never gives us their names. I may preach that to you someday. All three of them doesn't give us their names, but they did great things for God. You know, that's what's important. It's not that our name is glorified, but that his name is glorified. So this young girl, she's taking care of the general's wife. She cooks her meals. She combs her hair, helps her with the house. And But maybe one day she's, you know, uh, she, she's either just uh, doing her, her, her um, doing Naaman's wife's hair, and she's combing it. And she said, you know something? I wish your husband would go back to where I'm from. I've got a pastor there. <clears throat> I've got a man of God where I'm from, where you folks took me from. They captured me and brought me here. But I want to tell you where I'm from, over there in Israel and Samaria, there's a man of God that could heal your husband. Well, you know, you, you know, <laughs> brother and sister, I want to tell you, you never know what one word can do. Because this little girl's word moved an army and a nation. Watch what happened. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. See, the, his wife came to her and said, hey, that little gal you brought back here from Israel, she said her pastor, the prophet of God back there in Israel, that guy can heal you. Naaman said, wow, really? So Naaman told the king, he went to the king. He said, listen, the young girl from Israel said, go and visit the prophet. Uh, the king of Aram, Aram told him, I, uh, and, he, and he came and he told the king this. See, and the king said, okay, that's cool. Verse 5, go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told the general, I will send a letter of instruction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts. Now the general's got all kinds of gifts. He's going to give Elisha to heal him. 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold. This is important. Please listen. Ten sets of clothing. Clothing's involved and a letter to the king of Israel that said, with this letter, I present my servant, that is King Naaman, I want you to heal him of his leprosy. Now, you have to realize something. The king at the time of Israel was backslidden. Now, I don't have time to get into the whole story. He was backslidden. He tore his clothes and, oh, God, what am I going to do? This guy's trying to pick a fight with me. Uh, he's going to come down here and smash our nation if we don't. We've got to do something. What are we going to do? I, I can't heal him. And, but he, he says to, uh, to, to, King, to, to General Naaman, you go ahead and go to the prophet. I'm, I'm just ad-libbing a little bit. So it tells us that in verse 9, so Naaman came with his horses, the general with his chariots, and he stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger onto him, said, uh, go wash, go take a bath in the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh will come again uh, to thee and you'll be clean. You'll be healed. Just go, go, says to the general, go, go jump down in that, that dirty river. Cause I, I know any of you have been to the Jordan river. I have, it's, it's a pretty dirty river. He said, go, go watch and you'll, you'll get what you need. Doesn't even come out and say hello to him. 
doesn't even say get any distance. Sentences is Butler saying, you know, just go, 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 take a bath. Verse eleven. But watch this. Naaman was wroth. He was angry. He was furious. The, the general. He went away. He said, look, behold, I thought he would surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of his, the Lord his God, strike his hand over the place, and recover me of my leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farfar rivers where I'm from in Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in his rage. Now listen to me, friend. God doesn't always do things the way you think he should do them. He's God, you see? And he said, I thought. That was his big problem. I thought he'd come out. See, that's our problem. We get a preconceived idea of the way God's going to do something. He doesn't do it because he never promised he was going to do it that way. Then when it doesn't happen, we get angry. But God, but, but that's not how it works. We're, we are, we are, this is not my message, but I just want to throw that in as a sidebar. Be careful what you think and what you tell God you think how he should do something. Be careful of that. So now this guy has lost his healing. He, he's not obeying the prophet because he said, I, it's not the way I thought it was going to happen. Verse 13, but his officers, the general's officers, tried to reason with him. They said, listen, listen, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River, and he dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Wow, see that? Obedience to God's word always, always works. Hear me, listener. He's healed now. He humbled himself, humbled himself, and said, I'm going to obey what God's word says. And he got healed. That's not even my message, because the message is not about him. It's really about Elijah's servants. And we're going to get to that in a second, but I'm just laying the groundwork for you. Then General Naaman and his entire party, they went back. Uh, the army went back to the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. But Elijah said, Uh-uh. As surely as the Lord lives, watch this, whom I serve, as the Lord lives, who I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman, General Naaman, urged him to take the gift, Elijah refused. So, the general goes his way with all of his gifts, his silver, his gold, his clothing. He's heading on back to Armenia, and he's, he's healed. He's rejoicing. Elijah won't take a thing from him, but watch this. Watch this now in verse 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said to himself, My master, speaking of Elijah, he should have not let this Armenian get away without accepting any of his gifts, as surely as the Lord lives. Yeah? I will chase after him and get something from him. So Gehazi set off from Naaman. Now notice what, what Gehazi said. He's even brought the Lord into the picture. He said, as the Lord lives, as the Lord lives, I'm going to go get me some of those gifts. Notice the difference between what he said and what Elisha said. Elisha said, as the Lord lives before whom the whom I serve. See, not only was Elijah conscious, conscience of God, he served God. But this Gehazi, his servant, 
he was a servant of Elijah, but he was not serving the Lord because he did not put in there. He said, as the Lord lives, that's all he said. He didn't add. You see, you can be saved, but not really a serving the Lord every day, not really in a relationship. Hear me now. Not really fellowshipping with the Lord. See, God didn't save you just to give you a ticket to heaven. He saved you to bring you into great fellowship, to get to know Jesus, to transform you, and to walk in his purposes on this earth for you before you meet him in heaven. But that's another thing. So when Naaman uh, saw Gehazi, General Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, well, the king climbed down from his chariot, and he went to meet him. He said, hey, is everything all right? Naaman asked. Oh, yeah, Gehazi said, yeah, but my master Elijah, um, he has sent me to tell you, watch this, he's lying now, that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. Oh, by all means, take twice as much silver, said General Naaman. Uh, he gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and sent his two servants to carry the goods. Can you believe this? Gehazi goes to the general and says, oh, you're just not going to believe this. A couple of ministers showed up after you left, you see. And, uh, uh, the, but the, uh, the prophet <clears throat> sent me to go get you. Uh, he needs a bunch of money, needs some of that silver and some clothing for them. Oh, he said, listen, I'll give you twice as much, said the general. Okay, and now watch this. It says, then he, verse 24, that is the name, uh, excuse me, that is uh, Gehazi, went and hid the gifts inside his house. I'm going to get to a point, but I want you to stay with me, listeners. When he went into his master, Elijah asked him, prophet said, uh, where you been, Gehazi? Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't been anywhere, you know, just here and there in the 7-Eleven and, you know, and uh, maybe Home Depot. Yeah, I've been right around the corner, just been busy. I'm just ad-libbing, obviously. You didn't say this. I haven't been anywhere. No place special. <laughs> Verse 26, but the prophet Elijah asked him, don't you realize that when I, that I was there in spirit, Elahatayanakaya, I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you. I was there in spirit. Is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves, vineyards, sheep and cattle, and male and female servants? Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer. Watch this. You're going to suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was as white as snow. Wow. You know, his pastor, his prophet said to him, uh-uh, I know what you did. I was there in spirit. And his question was, I I I your time hasn't come for those kind of things yet. Uh, the blessing will come with gold and silver and lands, but you got ahead of God. You, 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 you ran out, and you put together a story because you're still walking in your will and not God's will. Mm -hmm. you, you, you went out, and you told a lie, and you, you got all that money and all that, and you hid it in your house. And, 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 and Gehazi, uh, you, you, you are, man, you, you just, your heart ain't right. It's, it's just been wrong. See, he was, he was serving 
in the house of God, serving a prophet, but his heart was not serving God. Hear me, child. I'm calling you now to serve the Lord. All of you that are listening, I'm calling you to get very serious about looking up to Jesus and remembering why you were saved and who saved you and that he called you to be his follower and a follower every day that is in love with him and learns to put him first. This fella, Gehazi, he was serving in the church, he was serving the man of God, but he was not serving the Lord, and he still had his will above God's will, and now he is in humongous trouble. He's now cursed with a leprosy forever, forever, with his family. His family is going to be lepers too. That's kind of heavy. You say, well, why did God, I don't know why God, that's just, that's what happens. You know, that, that's exactly what happened. So uh, he, he leaves Elijah, and, uh, the, we were, and, and it's just a terrible, terrible situation. So I'm going to get to the point here, if you'll bear with me, though, okay? And he curses him with the leprosy. Well, I want to pick this story up. Probably a year or so later, in the eighth chapter, of second kings in the eighth chapter of second kings and here's the most odd one of the most odd scriptures readings in the bible gehazi had left elijah with leprosy and cursed forever now, a leper wasn't allowed to be around people if you were a leper you went around you went into some around the uh, the, uh, people, they stoned you. You had to go live in the caves outside the city. You were a mess. You weren't allowed to be around people. But this is one of the most odd scriptures in the Bible. Because the last time we see Gehazi, his body, his skin is as white as snow. I've seen lepers, by the way. I've been to Kalapapa over in Hawaii, to the, little, the island of the uh, uh, former colony of lepers in Kalapapa on the island of Molokai. And I've seen people who have been cured of leprosy, but they still have the marks of lepers on them. Their, their, their toes are gone. Their, their fingers are gone. Uh, even though many years ago, Dr. Hansen cured them, they, before they got cured, they still had the leprosy and they have the marks of it. Still, still, it was still there when I was there many years ago. Now, a flash forward to about a year and a half later. I'm getting to a point. Please stay with me, children. God's got a message for you. And now there's a famine in the land uh, of Israel. The, the king is you know, still not really serving the Lord. Uh, and But look at this odd scripture. It says, after the, verse 3, after the famine ended, uh, let's go down to verse 4. It says, as, the, as she came in. Now, stop right there. The, the, who, who is she? She is a woman that Elijah healed her son and raised, raised him from the dead. That's who it's talking about. It's a gal that Elijah healed the son and raised him from the dead. Now, watch verse 4. As she came in, the king, here we go, was talking with Gehazi. What, wait, what? The king was talking with Ge the king of Israel is sitting there talking with Gehazi the leper. Wait, wait a minute. 
What was Gehazi the leper a year and a half ago, the guy that was cursed forever, doing sitting with the king, talking with the king? It says, as she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of man of God. And the king had just said to him, tell me some stories about the great things Elijah has done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elijah had brought a, a, a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about getting her house back. Look, my lord, the king, Gehazi exclaimed. Here's the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elijah brought back to life. Folks, this is, my, this is what I want to get to right now. And this is, I, I laid all that groundwork for the last 20 minutes to get to this. I want to know what was Gehazi, who had been cursed forever with leprosy. I want to know how he got cured. Because it never mentions he was a leper. It does not say, and Gehazi the leper. It says Gehazi, the Lord's, uh, the servant of, of, of Elijah, was sitting in the king's house. It says he calls him now, was talking to Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. Watch this. He is now again the servant of the man of God. He's not Gehazi the leper. He's called the servant of the man of God. So he had been restored back to ministry. Watch what I'm about to tell you. He's talking with the king. Get this, folks. He had no more leprosy, even though he had curse. He got curse. And he had leprosy forever with his family. He, a year or so, a year and a half later, he doesn't have it anymore. He's having revival with the king in the king's palace, talking stories about uh, Elijah's miracle crusades and how people got healed in them. And as he's telling the king about this one boy that uh, Elijah raised from the dead, the mother walks in with the kid. He's like, oh, praise God. Look, here she is, king. This is the one I was just telling you about. So something had happened, friends. This is what I'm trying to get at. Something had happened to this Gehazi. Some kind of a miracle occurred. In his life. And I want to tell you, hear me, God has not taken his mercy or his grace off of your life. God's love is abounding towards you. God's goodness is abounding towards you. Maybe there's a place where you stopped. Maybe there's something in your life where you said, uh, you know, you just something you, you, you couldn't get through. You couldn't make it through. You, 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 just whatever it was. <clears throat> and, and it brought a discouragement into your heart. You've been discouraged and you haven't been feeling God's joy and God's presence and God's peace. And the devil lying is saying, it's too late. God doesn't love you. Yada, yada, yada. Let me tell you something. If this man, Elijah, could get, excuse me, if Ahazi could get healed of leprosy in the Old Testament after he'd been cursed forever, there's hope for you in the New Testament blood of Jesus Christ. Let's find out what happened to this guy. To do that, you're going to have to go back one more chapter. And you're going to find an unusual story in chapter, I believe it's chapter 7 of 2 Kings. There are four lepers in verse 3 sitting outside the walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is surrounded by the enemy. They're dying inside, they're starving, they have nothing to eat. In fact, they're eating their children. They're actually eating the feces 
from animals. That's how hungry they are. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And there's four lepers outside the city. And see, they were lepers. And it says these four lepers were sitting at the entrance of the city gates. And they said, why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other, we will starve if we stay here. But, but with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. They said, we can't stay here, we're starving. We go back in there, we're going to starve. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we're, we're going to die anyway. That makes sense, right? The four levels said, look, we can't go in the city, there's no food. We're dying here. Let's go to the army that's surrounding us, and let's go to them, and let's give ourselves up. Maybe they'll have mercy on us. Well, that night, God sent a huge noise. The Armenians thought that Israel had hired an army to come and kill them, so they took off. I mean, they just completely took off running left, boom, that was it, they're gone, took off out of there, they panicked, ran away, so now here comes the men with the leprosy in verse 8, when the men with the leprosy arrived at the edge of the Armenian camp, they went into one tent after another, there was nobody there, the enemy was gone, so they went into their tents, and they found their food, they started eating and drinking wine, and watch this carefully now, they carried off the silver and the gold and the clothing, and they hid it. Whoa, wait a minute. This should be giving you chills right now. Wait a minute. Where did we hear that before? Where did we hear that before? That's exactly what Gehazi had done when he stole the clothing and the silver off of the general of the Armenian army a year or so before. He went and hid it. He stole it and hid it. Right? Now, these four lepers are now there, and they got the wine, they got the food, they carried off the silver and the gold clothing, and they hid it. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. Watch this. This is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some terrible thing is going to happen to us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Armenian camp. They said nobody was there. The horses, the donkeys were, t were tied up and the tents were all in order, but there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the people at the palace. Here's what I'm going to tell you that I believe. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that one of those lepers was Gehazi. One of those lepers was Gehazi and his three companions. They're outside the city. They go into the uh, enemy's camp, and there's no enemy, and they begin to have food. They're starving. They're drinking, and now they look around and grab the silver, grab the clothing, and let's go hide it. And I believe that God pricked the heart of Gehazi. He said to himself, I believe this is what I believe, and he said to himself, wait a minute. I did this a year or so ago, and I got cursed, I'm a leper, and he turns, and with his other men, they begin to discuss it, and they said, what we're doing is not right. It is not right. We cannot hold this to ourselves. We've got to go tell everybody what God has done. 
This, I believe, God gave a reset. The only plausible explanation for how Gehazi appears in chapter 8 without leprosy is that he found repentance when God retested him in between chapter 5 and chapter 8, about a year, a year and a half later. Hear me, child of God. Hear me on this. God will always bring you back to that place. And he will revisit you into that place where you had a problem. He'll revisit you into that thing uh, where you have an opportunity to ask forgiveness for. Maybe you need to go and ask forgiveness. You, you got mad at your boss. You got mad at your wife. You're trying to, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe you got discouraged over something. You didn't get your way. You didn't get your way. Didn't go your way. And you said, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm done. Hey, can't get nothing from God. I'm going to have to go do things myself my way. <laughs> Whatever it is, we come, and I've been there numerous times, friend. Let me put myself in the fray here. I have got a Ph.D. in this area years ago, before God taught me this, of getting myself in trouble by doing what my will after I was saved and not hungering for the will of God or not humbling myself and saying, Lord, what does your word say for this situation in my life? When that happens to you, discouragement sets in, separation can set in. Not that God doesn't love you, not that you're still not his child, but you can lose the blessing of a blessed life through disobedience. I'm going to say that again. You can lose the blessing of a blessed life. through dis This is not about getting blessings from God. That old Gehazi said, I'm going to get me some riches. I'm going to see what I can get me from God. And if I can't get me from God uh, the way I want it, I guess what? I'll get it myself my own way. Isn't that what Satan said? He said, I'll exalt myself above the throne of God. I'll do things my way. Hear me, friend. God sent me with a message today to tell you that recovery is on the way. Blessing is on the way. His presence is on the way. His glory, his joy, his peace is on the way in your life. And what he's saying to you is that I'm going to restart you as I bring you back to me. I'm going to require, and even if you haven't, even you're listening right now, you say, I, I haven't departed. Good, don't depart. Just stay in that place of obedience to the Lord by grace. Stay in that place every day of God. And just, Lord, give me the grace today to walk with you, to respond when things don't go right, with a godly attitude. If I don't respond correctly, help me to run quickly to you, Lord. Would you help me to run quickly to you, O God, and to get things right? I'm telling you that it's never too late with the Lord. It's never too late, Gehazi. God can recover your children. He can recover you. He can bring blessing upon your life after blessing, after blessing, after blessing, after blessing. But it all comes down to this. Let the Lord be Lord of your life. Let him be the Lord of your life. That is, Lord, I know I'm saved. But now I want you as my Lord. I want you to be Lord of every place I go, every decision I make. I want you to be Lord of my eyeballs, what I look at. I want you to be Lord of my tongue, what I speak. I want you as my Lord. You're in me. Now, Lord, I want to be led by you. I want to be persuaded by you. doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But it means that the Lord is going to have his way in your life, not your way 
not my way, but the Lord's way. When you decide to go God's way, look out. Woo! I want to tell you something, friend. That doesn't mean you're perfect. But when you get a heart, you know, when my wife and I got married, you know, it, it was a tough marriage in the beginning. Boy, I tell you, she had her ways, I had my ways. And you get married, you put two peas in the same pot, you're going to have trouble. I tell people, you know, the Bible says uh, uh, the two shall become one. You know, when you get married, you're not one, you become one. It takes a long time to become one. God puts black paint in one can, white paint in another can, pours it into one big can called marriage. And then he puts in a stick called life and begins to stir it. Stick with it. Because if you'll stick with God and you'll stay with your spouse and you stay there and humble yourself, God will bring you into oneness. You know, it was years after we were married that my wife said to me, honey, I just wish I had accepted you as the head of my life years ago. I'm so happy to have know that I have a covering, that I have a man that wants my best in God. And when she submitted her life to me, I didn't say, okay, that's it. You know, now I want you to go over and do the dishes. You know, it just made me love her with more tenderness and more care than I've ever had before. See, God, the Lord is God. God is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not just Savior. He's Lord. He's your Lord and your Savior. So the question you must ask yourself, is he my Lord? And that's what I want to say to you today. Take him as your Lord. Say, Lord, bring me to that place where every attitude, everything in me is laid at the foot of the cross. And I want to go your way. I humble myself. I ask your forgiveness for anything I've said, done, thought, or acted upon that was not of you. I want you to start today, oh God, Today, I don't have tomorrow's gone, yesterday's not guaranteed. Excuse me, yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I've got today, today, I'm looking to you and saying, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I don't want to be separate from you. I don't want to lose your blessing. I don't want to end up like a hazy, a mess. I thank you that with you there's mercy, there's pardon, and there's peace. Friend, listen to me now. Regret looks back. Worry looks around. But faith looks up. Say that again. Regret, we all have them. Regret looks back. Worry, what am I going to do? And looks around. But faith looks up to a God that says, I'm your father. I'm your savior. I've got a throne of grace. We're resetting you today. We're going to start a brand new work in you. We're starting a brand new work in you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. A brand new work in you. Now, those of you out there in Radio Land, right where you are, I'm telling you, I want you to pray with me. If you're not saved, you don't know Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. If you've never been to that place where you said, Lord, I surrender. I ask your forgiveness for my sins. I don't want to live in sin no longer. I'm asking you to forgive me. I want to be born again. 
I want you to save me from the old rotten self that I am, and I want you to wash me and cleanse me. I want to be a new person. I want that miracle of rebirth that you spoke about. I want you to come in my, if that's you, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, this is your moment to do it. If you're out there, you say, uh, Evangelist Tommy, there was a time where I did, but I'll be honest with you, I've drifted, and I'm, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. That's all right. Right now, your date. Remember, tomorrow's gone. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You have today. Only today. And I'm calling you, my friend, back to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You can turn and receive today the beginning of a blessed life, just like Gehazi. He got his miracle. He got his healing, because when God brought him to that place of where he needed to be obedient to the Lord, he obeyed and we find them completely healed later on in life, back to being called them the servant, hallelujah, of the man of God. Get ready. And then there's those of you out there that you love the Lord. You're, you're, I mean, you love him. You love him so much. You pray, you read the Bible, you follow him every day. But still you've got challenges. Still there are things that, you know, that challenge us and that we go through. We, we need, you need strength this, this afternoon too. See, if you're saved, you need to get saved today. I'm going to pray with you in a second. If you've been drifted from the Lord, you need to come back to him today as your first love. By faith, hear me out. Hear, hear what I'm going to tell you. You're going to do this by faith, and God is going to meet you at the point of your faith. And then those precious saints that are out there, and you picked up your cross, and you're walking with the Lord, and I want to believe God's going to make you even more on fire than ever, ever, ever before. Let's pray together right now. Wherever you're doing right now, put the phone down, turn the TV off. I want you to pray this. You're not talking to me. You're not talking to man. I see a room full. I don't know who you are, but I see a room full of people listening right now. And you're listening. And, and, and there's somebody there that you're listening and somebody got you to come in You said because they told you you have to listen to this man. And that's why you're here today. You know, you're listening because somebody asked you to listen. And now you feel God speaking to you. You know that the Lord has reached you through this message. It, it ain't Tom Hollihan. It's the Lord. He's reaching out to you. This is your moment. This is your moment right now. Your moment right now. Get ready. Let's all of us pray together. Ready? Pray together with me. Lord Jesus, say it. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I believe you died for me on the cross. You took the judgment that I deserve for my sin. Now forgive me. Come into my heart. Make me a brand new person. Save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Write my name in the book of life and remember me should I die before you come. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Today begins, say it, today begins. As a brand new person, I'm going to walk with you. Now say thank you. Thank you for that. Say thank you. Those of you who just prayed that prayer to get saved, say thank you. Don't, don't, don't feel weird. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Go ahead. Take it by faith. Raise your hand. Say thank you, Lord. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Secondly, I want to say this to those of you that have drifted. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, say it. Lord Jesus, I want you to be my total Lord and Savior. You saved me. But now I want you to be from this day forward, Lord of every area of my life. 
by the Holy Spirit. So I invite you to take charge. Give me a heart and a hunger for your word. Say it. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a hunger for prayer. Give me a hunger for fellowship. Help me to submit my life to my pastor, to someone that can help me to mature. Oh, God, forgive me if I've erred from the faith, if I stopped a while ago, if I, you called for obedience and I gave you disobedience. You called for humility and I acted out of pride. Forgive me if I went my way instead of your way. I come back to you, Jesus. Say it. I come back to you. I'm looking to you, Lord. Looking to you, Jesus. Not at my wife, not at my husband. I'm looking to you. I'm not looking around me. I'm looking to you. You're the way. You're the truth. And you're the life. Help me, Lord. Say it. Help me to fix my eyes on you by the Holy Ghost power and to serve you in newness of spirit, just like Gehazi. And I thank you for that. And now, Father, I pray for all of those out there, those soldiers of the rugged cross. I pray, oh God, fill them, strengthen them, give them joy and peace, oh God, like they've never known before. Give them a joy, help them to lay every anxiety at your feet. We need help with that, Lord, just to lay all of our worries, all of our anxieties completely at your feet. I give you thanks. I give you praise, and I give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Everybody that's listening to me, raise your hands right now. Raise them where you are. We'll be ashamed. The Bible says, with my hands lifted up, I will praise him. Praise him right where you are. Just thank him. He's worthy. He's worthy. Never let your pain be greater than your praise. Praise him. Thank him right now, right where you are. Thank him. Hallelujah. In the name. Now, Lord, I pray that your power, your anointing, your glory would touch these people out in Radio Land. I bind every devil of hell, every oppressing, depressing spirit of darkness, every devil of addiction. In the name of Jesus, I drive you out by the authority of the name of Jesus. And I command you to cease and desist your operation. The confusion, all of the things that are coming upon these people, in Jesus' name, I pray for your mighty presence to come all over them. And I give you thanks and praise, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Powerful word today. We're here live with evangelist Tommy Hollihan. Brother, that was a good word. And uh, I praise the Lord for this opportunity to have you here to preach. Brother Tommy, uh, if someone would like to contact you, do you have an email address you'd like to give out? Yep. As I take a sip of my Diet Coke, I do. My email address is T-O-M-M-Y-H-O-L-O-H-A-N, the numeric 54 at gmail.com. Again, Tommy Hollihan, 54 at gmail.com. Brother Shannon, do you feel encouraged? Yes, sir, I do. Absolutely. Well... Hallelujah. Listen, you know, brother. I mean, did you ever think about that uh, as you read the word, how old brother Gehazi was back there and how he got healed? Yes, sir. You know, um, as you're preaching tonight, brother Tommy, uh, it takes me back uh, to my roots. Uh, I'm 53 years old. Oh, I was man. born and raised in the church. 
Uh, both my grandfathers were Church of God Pentecostal pastors. One grandfather went home to be with the Lord last year, age 90. He had started wow. uh, working for Jesus when the Lord called him to Texas from Georgia back around 1955. Uh, the early days of the church. And uh, yes. I have a great memory. I can go back to age two. And my earliest wow. recollection being alive on this planet was playing in a parsonage where my grandfather had built and built a church called the One Robbins Church of God, Southside Church of God, rather, One Robbins, Georgia. And that would have been back about 1971. Uh, I remember going into Sunday school at age four. Raised with the kind of preaching that you're preaching today. That's my point here. Brother, we don't hear this kind of preaching today. Uh, with exception. You know, God always has some reserved. But this is not the mainstream gospel that is being preached. I go in the churches today, I don't feel the same spirit of God that I felt in the early church, brother, growing up in the 70s and 80s. Uh, just prior to this program, we played an old reel-to-reel broadcast at, of a, a church service back probably there, 67. Songs that most have never heard today unless you're 50 or over. And then you had grown up yes. in the church like me. And I think, uh, should the Lord tarry? Am I going to be able to transmit uh, the church that I grew up with to my children who are growing up right now? Uh, different songs today, brother. A different gospel being preached in many churches today. Another gospel, another Jesus. And so when I hear a man of God like yourself come on today and preach the gospel, uh, this is the church that I grew up with and which fed me and has kept me till this day. And uh, yes. I praise God, brother, uh, for having you on. Uh, you were also well, you called... Well, you know, Brother Shannon, you had, a, you had a foundation laid in you. There we go. That's and, and And see, you had a foundation that was laid in you, and over there in Psalms 11.3, it says if the foundations be destroyed... What can the righteous do? Well, obviously, you can't do anything. We were hit with the largest hurricane uh, circumference-wise last year here in Cape Coral, Florida, in Fort Myers. And I went down to the beach, and it, it just carried people and houses and stores and motels out into the Gulf of Mexico. But you know what I found as I went down to that beach, Brother Shannon? There were foundations. Some places, there's no foundation. Everything was gone. They found, But the, those houses that got carried away that had good foundations some of them were still standing others even though they received damage because of a strong foundation they're rebuilding down there now they're rebuilding on that foundation that was laid in some of those places 60 70 years ago see you had what most people don't have you had a strong foundation in the word of god that's mentioned in hebrews the sixth chapter and that's why you're still here that's why you still love god that's why you're still running for the lord uh and what i've just been and what that service that you played before i came on see back in the day and i'm still that way now if i have a bible study in my home or or what have you uh we praise god and we don't stop at four songs we praise him until his presence comes we praise him until we sense that he's blessed. You know, the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, not bless my soul, O Lord. And to say that again, I was raised to bless the Lord, O my soul, Psalms 103. 
not bless my soul, O Lord. So if we will bless the Lord with all our soul, he will bless us. But if we got it reversed, would bless my soul, Lord, just bless my soul. No, no. That's what you're hearing today being preached uh, by most churches and on television. It's how to get a blessing. It's a Gehazi gospel. I'm going to get me some something from God. I'm going to get me something from God. No, 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 no. Notice again. Did you mind if I, if I touch this, Brother Shannon? No, sir, please. This is good. Okay. If you go back to 2 Kings 5, Elijah said, I will. I, I will not. He said, "Before the God that I, before the God before whom I stand and whom I serve." That was his declaration. There's a God that I believe in, but I also serve Him. That's why he was a man that had miracles. If you go look at Gehazi's confession, he said, "He said, he said, before God, I'll go get me some of that." Uh, that gold and silver. He didn't say before the Lord whom I serve. He wasn't serving the Lord. He, he, he was not serving God. He was serving man, but he wasn't serving the Lord. And what am I saying? I'm saying this. What I'm calling people to today is, is what I've, I've had for 50 years now. I've been through many a trial, many a danger, toil, and snare. I've, I've seen great things, wonderful things happen uh, through my life that it has to be the Lord. See, it's got to be the Lord. Just great things that God's done, and he's continuing to do, actually. And and there's been other times of great disappointment. I lost the mother of my children, my son I lost. I've had some terrible tragedy. Uh, there were times when God called for obedience, and I gave him disobedience, and I, I had to eat the fruit of those ways and see and walk through that bad harvest in my life when I burned out. And I, I had a, I had, I, what I'm preaching to you, my friend, I've lived it. See, I've lived it. I've 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 lived it, and and I've seen the goodness of the Lord. I've seen His goodness over and over again when I didn't deserve it. And we don't. It's only because of Christ that we get it. But I, I think well, I have the same cry as you do, Brother Shannon. I want to see the glory return to the church. What we're seeing today is what Smith Wigglesworth prophesied over a hundred years ago. He said, before the coming of Christ, remember, we're not looking for the Antichrist, we're looking for the Christ. Before the coming of Christ, there will be a spiritless Pentecost in the church and a Christless Christianity. Let's say that again. He said there'll be a spiritless Pentecost and a Christless Christianity. Today, the churches talk about the Holy Ghost, but he's not, he's not with them. It's, it's, it's a it's a spiritless Pentecost, and it's a, there's no cross being preached today. You don't hear people, uh, preachers, talking about pick up your cross, put, put your flesh to death by the grace and power of the Holy That It's not popular. It's not popular. But let me say this. I believe that God has reserved, as he told Elijah, 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to bow. That is that there is a remnant in the church worldwide listening to me right now. Your heart is leaping because you love the Lord. You you want more of Jesus. You're you're that you're part of those five virgins, the ten virgins Jesus spoke about. He said when the cry of the bridegroom came, all ten of them, the virgins, got up to go meet their husbands but only five had oil in their lamps. See, we have a spiritless church today. The folks go to church, they get three or four songs. Um, 
they they take an offering, they hear a uh, a 25, 30 minute message, uh, and, and they're out the door getting ready for the next service. There's no altar call. There's no room for the Holy Spirit to move. There's no gifts of the Spirit. They've put their hand over the mouth of the Holy Spirit, and they said, you will not have your gifts in this church. Hear me out there. We don't own the church. It's God's church. And without the gifts of the Spirit, according to Corinthians 12, the church cannot mature. He's given gifts in Corinthians 12 that, that brings us to church. So today you go into church and you start prophesying, they want to take you out. You speak in tongues, they want to take they, So here's what we're going to need. We're going to need a God, my prayer is this uh, every day, Lord, save millions, but awaken the church again. Powerful, powerful message. Right now, word. Yes. Brother, you've seen it glory. Is, brother. And the Lord has tapped you in these last days to preach the gospel and bring in as many as we can before we see him return in his glory. What an honor it is to be here with you, my friend. Uh, divine appointment uh, to meet you and have you be able to come on here and preach. Oh, how I have prayed, Brother Tommy, that there is still some alive on fire for Jesus who got to see the early church and had the right foundations built and uh, you're one of them thank you my friend for coming on it was a powerful word well thank you brother Shannon I'm excited about what I'm doing because as you know we're praying and uh, and getting God's timing on this place I call the presence center It's a, it'll be a place where we are going to rebuild and build the foundations of people's lives and teach them how to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. This is exciting. Uh, if we have the right foundation, Brother Tommy, when the next storms come, we can weather the storm. Amen? Amen. That's and they're coming. <laughs> yes, I they had are. a big storm this morning right before I got on here. A big storm. I, I've got to fire my man that's the head of my company, and he's belligerent and yelling on the phone. Oh, it was terrible, terrible. And, uh, yeah, he's in charge of all my jobs and all my men. And, uh, you know, he's quitting and, you know, leaving the job and all my men on the job. And, boy, I t- I, you know, I had to say, whoa, you know, thank you. And, you know, it, 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 it hit my emotions and it, 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 it got me for about 10, 15 minutes while I was shaking. And I said, oh, what am I going to do? And right away, right away, the Holy Spirit reels you in. He said, just hold on. Don't react. Don't react. Let it go. Just let it go. Disengage. Don't call him. Don't receive any of his phone calls. Just pray. Pray for him. Pray for yourself. I'll give you peace. I'll work it out. I'll give you wisdom. Then I called a good friend of mine that has a lot of wisdom, a man of God. He gave me some wisdom. And now I've got total peace as I know God's going to give me his wisdom on how to deal with this situation. I go right back to the word of God. That is, pray for those that despitefully use you and get good counsel when you're in a tight spot. I go right to the Word. Amen. That's exactly what to do. Yes. Folks, I want you to share this with everybody you can today. I'll have it up in a few minutes, and I'll get this to you, Brother Tommy, and also Monday's broadcast. Uh, Look at your schedule. Let's get you back on, and uh, it'll be an honor to have you back on here to preach, my friend. You're making a difference. It's my honor to be here, and all you have to do is get to me and say, Brother Tommy, we need you to come out on this week, 
and I, I'm, I'm in, my brother. I've never been more free to do what God's called me to do than now. Let's do it. Brother Tommy, close us out in prayer. Thank you for coming on today. Woo! Heavenly Father, you are so incredibly good that the God, you are God of the universe. You hold everything together by the word of your power, and yet you're my Father. You're our Father. The God of the universe is the God that is in this room and in their rooms where they're listening. And our Savior Jesus Christ right there. How blessed we are. Lord, open our eyes, anoint our eyes with oil that we may see you as we've never seen you before. To know you in the depths of your person, the wonders of your person, grip us with a new hunger to know you and to know that with you there's mercy and there's grace in Jesus' name. And for your glory and for the glory of the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Tommy, we love you, my friend. And uh, we'll see you. see you again real soon. I love you. God bless. God bless you, brother. That was evangelist Tommy Hollihan. I want to thank uh, brother Rob Wood for introducing us more than a year ago. And uh, what an honor to have him on today and also Michael Cummins. Amen. Thank you, Sister Maria, for introducing me to brother Michael. Folks, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to have uh, three shows tomorrow and three shows Friday. We'll have uh, David Measures on tomorrow, Gary Stafford, John Terrell. Friday, uh, E.J. Buckhart, Joseph Ferrara, Tom Mack might be back. I'm waiting to hear from him. I did get a text. Um, he took a fall, had an accident, lift him up in prayer for speedy healing. And I said, when you're ready, we'll have him back on. So I've got his slot reserved. And if he's not on, we'll cover for him this week, but uh, we will have him back on soon. Uh, Brother Carl Henderson was not able to be on with us this week, but we're going to try to get him on in uh, two weeks. All goes well. My brother Damon uh, is going to be in to see me next week. First family member able to visit us since we moved here seven years ago. And there's no more uh, vaccine restrictions, so praise God. The door is opened, and with much prayer, it's happened. So looking forward to um, having a family reunion next week. My mom, hope, hopefully, will come here this summer. We're praying. Lift us up in prayer. We're still battling sinus infections here. Man, I'll tell you, it's just um, <clears throat> it's tough here. We have had recurrent infections since I've been here. Sinus infection. Um, probably allergies to these uh to the the dirt here and the dust and the humidity we're not in a sealed environment but uh we're gonna make it thank you for your prayer jeremiah my son who's six started first grade this week got to take him to school myself on monday and uh, he goes every day to school monday through friday they wear uniforms here in bali (laughs) which is kind of cool and uh baby judah he's going two hours a day He's four. And then Jemima, we got her on Roku. She watches uh, Jack Hartman Kids Music Channel to learn her ABCs. <laughs> uh, but things are okay. Uh, thank you, folks, for uh, supporting these programs. Help us by getting the word out about our new schedule and where people can find the archives. Now, a couple quick updates before I close. We have 
Again, two podcasts, the live one that you're listening to now. That's uh, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And then I have a show called The Omega Man Reloaded, where our back catalog of over 10,000-plus shows were remastering and releasing a couple episodes per day um, with titles, starting with episode one. So that can be found on omegamanreloaded.podbean.com. The link is at my website. Our main podcast, omegaman.podbean.com. Two podcasts, two ways to live stream. You can tune in, as some of you are on MixLR or IceCast. Okay, so more options than ever for live streaming. That seems to be working out pretty good. I'm happy about that. And, uh,. For, I think, the 18th time, I'm back on Facebook. (laughs) But I don't think I want to post there. Um, I just got to thinking, there's more than one way to skin a cat. We are missing out on the ability to attract some more listeners. So what can I do? Uh, But at the same time, um, I'm tired of being censored and harassed. So that means I can't really post too much over there. But I've, I've got the uh, Facebook page at least turned on. And if I can find a way to automatically post some shows, we'll do that. Uh, Podbean is working on it, but right now it's not, it's not working. So least, the account is open. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not sure what I'll do with it, but we'll keep it alive. Uh, the same with YouTube. Once again, I post the wrong audio. They put me back in jail. It's just not worth going through it again. So... Um, Many of the shows I just can't post. However, we're missing out on a segment of people that could find us over there. But if we're not on there, then we miss them. So what I'm thinking of doing is I'm going to do an experiment. I'm just going to take uh, the reloaded programs, starting back from 2010, way before COVID, or the elections. And uh, as I upload them to the reloaded, it should probably populate on YouTube. We'll see how that works. So maybe I will attract some people that way. And then there will be uh, some new programs that I'll upload, but only if I'm 100% sure that uh, they're going to survive the AI sensors over there. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? We'll just get thrown back in jail again. I don't want to keep going through that over and over again. So we'll see if it works or not. If not, well, what can I do? At any rate, um, we have rebuilt the channel, new showtimes, New podcast archives. Found a way to revitalize over 10,200 shows that are in the can that many have never heard. So things are looking up. We're also back on Twitter. And Twitter is uh, basically just for me a way to uh, repost live shows that we're putting on Podbean. Um, It's automatic. So if I can set these platforms up just to take the shows and post them, I really don't have to be over there and get in any trouble. That's at least the the thought. Uh, but where I'm going to continue to post my mind and anything that I want to talk about is going to be in my Substack page. That has proved to be a great friend, Substack. So I encourage you to go over there and sign up for that. That's where I'll post, not on Facebook. What else do I need to mention? I think that's it. Uh, oh, I'm working to release one Peter Whiffen audio per day till we get them all put out there. And they're going up on our main channel. 
Now, because uh, they are episodes from the past, and that channel is done chronologically, you're going to see them at the bottom of the list. So, you may already be getting an alert as something new is posted there, even an older show. But if not, and you're looking for Peter Whiffen, you're going to have to go down to like the sixth page on Podbean. You'll see it. And I've already posted three of his shows up there. We'll do another one today. That's where they're going. For Maria and Grant, who have asked me about those archives specifically. I think that's all I need to mention. God bless you. If you want to support this program, you can do it at OmegaManRadio.com. That's all I need to say about that. Go there, and that'll give you all the information you need. God bless you.